Welcome back to the show, guys. Today, we have a special guest. Like every guest, this lady got me and my soon-to-be wife together. Yes. We, uh, we worked at a paintball shop for a while. Yep. Slinging paintballs. Always. Dealing with kids screaming or throwing up or yeah. leaving Sawdust pizza. and some hoppers. Yeah, or just being messy with their pizza and smearing it on the cafeteria cafeteria tables we had. Yep. It's good times. It was. We got Michaela Downs here. Hello, hello. How's it going? Living the dream. She drove all the way from Montana to come do this, guys. I did. I really did. Just for this. We yeah. couldn't do it over Zoom. You had to come here all the way from Montana. Gotta see your face, Mr. Highfill. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, Michaela is a outstanding friend. She's an outstanding mother. She's got one right now, but hopefully many more. Yes. Um, Thank you. And hopefully we can catch up to her number one day, Emma and I, because that would be super exciting. 100%. Emma, Emma told you. Yeah. When I have like pushing five, like that's pushing five out, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, that's yeah. the number right now. Let's do it. I'm all there for. There might it. be more. I don't know. I hope so. You gotta oh. pop them out. I know. I'm excited. But um, childhood. I yeah. like to paint a picture so everybody listening to these podcasts kind of understand where people are coming from. Because yep. what I find is people that grew up in like less ideal situations, they're like, oh my gosh, my life's so bad. I can never be into X, Y, and Z. I could never be a realtor. I could never own a business. I could never work at NASA. Yep. Because my dad was an alcoholic. Right. Or whatever right yeah so i just like to see what everybody came from and then how they got where they're at now yeah so childhood what was it like all right well i had a pretty pretty normal childhood middle class fam uh parents were always very involved in sports i always did was a three-sport athlete until about high school when i figured out softball was kind of my my favorite thing so i focused the most on that but uh, pretty normal uh, childhood. My dad is very entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, y'all. Um, <laughs> has a big business mindset. Um, so he's had some businesses that he has ran and um, worked for successfully. And my parents have their own sign company that they have been running. And they are living the dream in Montana with us. Um, but yeah, very involved in sports, um, have a pretty tight knit family, um, from my mom's side to my dad's side. So always had lots of support. Um, definitely, uh, like I said, lived a pretty middle-class lifestyle. Um, so I, I always just described it as pretty normal life to me. Um, but I definitely realized over time I had a closer than normal relationship with my parents in a good way. We always shared everything with, with each other and they always taught me that, you know, I can do whatever I want to do if I work hard enough for it. And I saw my parents do it. So um, they definitely uh, set an example for me in that way. So definitely a blessed childhood, I would say. Um, with, yeah, I mean, a close knit small town community. So that's just kind of what I was used to. So, yeah. Did you ever want to be like an astronaut or something? Like no, I was kind of weird. I always wanted to be for the most part, honestly, a stay at home mom ever since I was, I don't know. I think like in my second grade class, I wrote yeah. this story about me being a stay at home mom. Funny. I chose to live in junction city, Oregon, odd one, wow. uh, for some reason. And I wanted four kids. Wow. And I want to be married. Um, second grade, you had it figured out. Second grade, I thought, yeah. which is pretty similar, but we, you know, ended up taking the jaunt to Montana from Oregon, so that's different. But yeah, married now and have a kid, so yeah, pretty close. Now, kinda. now Willie D, I've heard, dated Emma first. He did indeed. Wow, so it's a weird dynamic we have going on here. Yeah, Bestie dated my husband. First. Yeah. She got first dips. I know. And I'm lucky. I don't know if who dumped who. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely Emma. Okay. Emma dumped. I'm glad that happened. Yes. No, me too. Right? Yeah. I mean, that was totally meant to be. Yes. And then I'm glad you guys found each other. And then several, I, like a year of me asking you. Yeah. Every Saturday. Like, any, hey, any new I, goodies? I can't yeah. date you, but I could probably date your friend. 100%. 
and you never give me any names. I know. Until I was talking and in a relation, borderline relationship with somebody. Indeed. And then you're like, you gotta, you gotta end that. You gotta get rid of it. Yeah. I, I have my friend for you. Yeah, and I think that I, I never thought of her because she wasn't in the area at that time. So she wasn't my, my first thought. And then William actually, you know, when you guys, when Emma was a topic of conversation, uh, I think I had sent her a Snapchat or something like that. She came up on my phone and you were talking and then we met with Emma actually at BJ's and she was totally just like, oh, you know, I'm like not really looking like I feel pretty good. Like if something comes, then awesome. But like definitely not looking for it. And, and William and I were just like, all right, you need to meet Nicholas. And yeah. And then it sweet. happened. Then we, we met at BJ's again. And we did. Like BJ's every- is kind of like the place. Honestly, yeah. Fate just happened. Meant yeah. to be. There's a lot of there's a lot of decent things to come out of BJ's. Not only the pazookies. Right. But the relationships. But the chicks. The ch- oh, not the chips, guys. The chicks. The chicks. Yeah. So, um, Willie D, how'd you meet him? Middle school. So, he moved Man. from another town. And I actually was homeschooled the year he came to school. So, I was homeschooled because... Is that why um, you're so weird? hundred percent homeschooled for, I think it was fourth. No, that's a lie. It was fifth grade. I was homeschooled in fifth grade and it was only year I was homeschooled. And, uh, one of my friends came home from school and said that there was this new kid, all the chicks liked him, but he was kind of a crybaby. Secret <laughs> time. William actually cried like his first week of school every single day because he left all of his friends and it was actually really sad. But, um, she said he was super cute and he actually had highlights but he was an athlete and I was kind of into the athletes. So, um, I made it a point for my mom to sign me up to do PE classes in school. So I knew what class he had and it was also my friend's class. So my mom signed me up. And so every single day, actually, I think it was like three days a week, I went in and did PE with them. And so that's how we kind of met little flirty flirty going on. Um, and then, yeah, in, fifth grade he ended up flirting with me by signing every page of my yearbook wow with a heart willis 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 with a heart every single one and at first i thought he was toying with me because he started doing it in other girls yearbooks Mm. also kind of you know he's a but not every page not every page mine he did every single page front and back and hearted me in it so i thought it was pretty cool thought it was meant to be um, sixth grade came along, um, and his friend ended up asking me out, AKA asking if I wanted to be his girlfriend in yes. a math class. And this is after he dated Miss Emma. Um, so this is after so the first heartbreak I'm like, Ooh, maybe I'm a rebound. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm pretty obsessed with him. And we flirted all the time. Uh, always took my books and, you know, hit him and thought he was hilarious. Class clown. Um, and, of course, in math, instead of doing the homework that was assigned, him and his friend were concocting this plan. And years and years later, I found out that William didn't actually ask his friend to ask me out. He asked his friend for his friend to ask me out. So he actually oh. asked his friend. He said, you know what? You like her, too. You should date her. And instead, his friend oh. comes up to me and says, hey, William wants to know if you want to go out with him. Nice. I, of course, didn't know that. And then his friend sat back down right next to him in math class and said, by the way, you're dating Michaela. And been together ever since. So thank you to his friend that did that, honestly. So it was one of those like, hey, you guys are dating now. Yeah, 100%. He didn't have, that was like, he thought his friend was coming up to me and asking me out himself, not for William so that is great yeah it was a little bit of a shock because I found that out I think junior year of high school so we started dating in sixth grade so this entire time I was like oh it's so cute he asked me out in sixth grade and then I find out wow he didn't even really want to ask me out so that was fun we joke about it a lot now but totally meant to be 100% that was kind of a wake-up call yeah you probably had to like, like wow my life's a lie Right? Yeah, you probably had to ask him some other questions. 100%. Are you real? Yeah. Who? What's your real name? Where were you born? Yeah. Why did you have highlights? 
That was another question also that we joke about. But yeah, yeah it was I good. think he should bring him back. I don't know about that. I think it'll look good in Montana. Not a fan. I don't think that would go well in Montana. <laughs> At least in our neck of the woods. He'd be he'd stand out. He'd be the only one. He'd be popular. That's for yeah. sure. He'd be very popular. Think he'd get a promotion with that. Uh don't know about that. <laughs> don't know about that one, but uh maybe. Maybe if he went to Bozeman. <laughs> Yeah, he'd probably fit into Bozeman. I've never been, but what you've told us about Bozeman. He'd fit into Bozeman. <clears throat> Bozeman's a little little Eugene-y. Not quite, but Eugene-ish. Gotcha. People yeah. were tie-dye there? Um, More like Chacos with socks and wow. Patagonia and hiking boots regularly in almost every outfit. So hiking boots is the you know accessory of choice generally with maybe some joggers and a big... $800 Patagonia shirt and a good old beanie and a backpack, of course. Everybody's there has got to be ready for a hike at all times. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you never know in Montana. You never know. You might have know. to walk home in the snow. You might. You might in 20 degrees or 10 so or that, negative 20. When that happens to you, yeah. then if you don't have your hiking boots and joggers yeah. on, you won't be prepared. Oh, I would die. Okay. So, you lived here. We ran the paintball shop. Yep. Us three. Yep. Pretty much. I mean, we were like the OGs. 100%. You got him and I together. Yeah. And then you guys are doing your thing here. Yep. Got a house. Yeah. Had a kid. Yep. And then you guys are like, deuces, homes. Yep. We're out of here. 100%. Montana. Montana's the Why place. Why Montana? Montana has, to us, the best of both worlds. It had what um, the biggest difference from Oregon to Montana. Um, it has a lot less people. Um, has the mountains still. The area we chose to live in, it gets less snow than a lot of other places in Montana. So we like that. So still get the snow aspect, um, but it's more mild there. So um, definitely the biggest thing climate-wise would be no rain. There's very little rain. Um, But no, we really like the area. We like the demographic. We like the school. Um, Still has the small town feel. Um... And yeah, it's just, it's a calming place. There's a river that runs through it, similar to where we came from in Oregon. So uh, yeah, it just felt, it felt right when we were doing a road trip and checking places out. So no coast. How do you feel about that? Honestly, it's really bad, but we rarely went to the coast when we were here. Took it for granted, for sure. Mm-hmm. Love the sea lions. Can't get enough of the sea lions. You, uh, you can also true um i would say the biggest thing that i miss is the coffee shop on every corner mm-hmm. oregon and you know washington cali take the take the cake on that i find that two of the big coffee shops there have portland oregon beans which is kind of funny uh, so ran from portland a little bit still can't get away okay. but coffee beans are fire so i'm not mad what about breweries? Are those a dime a dozen over there? In Billings, yes. So okay. lots of breweries. Um, People wear big beards and talk oh, yeah. about hops. Yes, but they actually could go on a hike and shoot an animal. So mm. a little less, um, you know, uh, you got the Patagonia, but okay. you got the Patagonia with a gun. Okay. So a little bit of different demographic. Uh, lots of blue collars in the area, uh, lots of mines in our area. Um, so that's a really big deal in our town. So a lot of gold diggers. 100%. I think it's actually, uh, I think I'm wrong. This isn't going to be right. But for some reason, I think something about platinum. I don't know. I should probably actually research what the huge mines are. But there's one that's really huge where a bunch of the miners actually park their cars in this big parking lot in our town. And they're gone like all day for multiple days and stuff like that. So big blue collar mining town. So you got blue collar guys, not white collar guys sipping on some hops. So a little different, but the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lots of snow there. Yeah, more than what we're used to, yes. Okay. Yeah. And you like that? I don't mind it. I honestly, that was my biggest fear. I am not a big driver in general. So Willie D is the driver 24-7. I have worked from home for a long time and now doing something different, still at home. So it's not like I'm, you know, out and about driving everywhere. So that was my biggest thing, driving in the snow. Um, I've only done it twice since we've been there. And you um, made it back, obviously. Yeah, I'm alive. 
I'm fine. Didn't die. Uh, people know how to drive in the snow there. People who don't know how to drive in the snow are semi-truck drivers. So they are crazy. Okay. Um, the snow there is generally pretty dry and powdery compared to here, how it's kind of wet and can yeah. ice over. Still can ice over there, but it's a lot more dry, powdery. So if it just, you get a bunch of fresh snow down, you have a semi-truck driver that passes you and you have no visibility and they don't really care. But you do see semi-truck drivers on the side of the road quite often. Like slid into the ditch. Oh, bad. Jackknife, hit someone else, went over a median, you name it. So that's that's been the biggest thing. But honestly, snow, no, not too bad. Not bad at all. You said people that... Can't drive in snow or truck drivers. Are you a truck driver? Absolutely not. <laughs> you can drive in snow. I can drive in the snow. Did I you... feel like I really can, but I honestly haven't done it enough to actually have full on confidence. Did you drift? A little bit, but that was on purpose? just. Um, no, but it was expected because it was a really, really icy area. So that was one thing that we didn't know what to expect on if roads were going to be completely plowed. If they weren't, we expected coming into it that everywhere kind of would be. That's not true. Um, the towns usually aren't. So nothing is usually plowed. You have the school areas that are normally plowed. Um, and we live in a town that has the, our county courthouse. So that's normally plowed. Um, you have some, uh, you know, men that will go out and help other people and will plow certain areas, but overall it just, the snow just kind of packs and compiles and you just drive right on top of it and call it a day. You get on the freeway and the freeway is usually pretty good, but yeah, in town it's, it's going to be icy. Is there a snow plow in the future for Willie D's F-150? 150,000% yes. Really? 100%. Talks about it all the time. Really? And a grill in case we, you know, hit an animal, which is very, very common. cook it on the side of the road? Yeah. So he wants to get it and cook it. A grill? I like, well, a, like no, a grill oh, for the front of a truck. Not I like see, a, like a, a tailgate grill. No, no. Okay. I mean, that's possible too, I guess, but... that'd be sweet. Like might be you suspicious s- though. You smoke an elk. Yeah. With your car. It's totally bloodshot, though. It, a lot of the meat wouldn't be good, though. But you could at least you pull something some stuff. off and you grill totally it. You totally could, yeah. And just grill it. don't have to go to waste. Wait for the cops to come? Yeah. Uh, the light just changed behind you. Oh. That's kind of awkward, but it's going to be okay. All right. Um, so, snow, you can somewhat drive. Things are going good. Yeah. Uh, you were working, corporate job. Yep. And then you got this obsession. Yep. It's nutrition. Yeah. So, yeah. tell me... What is this endeavor that you're on? Yeah, so I, about two years into marrying William, we knew we wanted to have kids. So I, uh, right when we got married, actually, we kind of made this commitment to each other that we wanted to improve our diets. We knew it wasn't the best. We knew that uh, because we live very busy, sports-filled lives, the norm was very much you have a game late, you go to Taco Bell after. You do this, you cook pizza, you don't have time for dinner, you're at practice late, my dad coached. It was just the norm. So we made a commitment that we wanted to improve that. Um, So we did, little, wasn't perfect, um, but we made little tweaks as far as um, just eating out a little bit less and adding more, you know, veggies. Had a very basic knowledge of, you know, we knew what was good, but we didn't really understand entirely i would say mm-hmm. um wanted to start having kids so went to the doctor got some things checked out uh there's some abnormalities with me so i went in to see what was going on and they told me that i had what's called pcos um which is polycystic ovarian syndrome okay it's long confusing where do people come up with a name like that? <sighs> i don't know too much okay, but so that's why you call it pcos P- you had pcos yes so that basically means that um it can mean a handful of things but in general it means that a woman has cysts on her ovaries okay. for whatever reason um maybe irregular hormones and um it can also come with like hair loss and things like that so too when much in, t-bell uh indeed indeed and i'll get to that because okay I was diagnosed with it, super bummed, and it, of course, comes with decreased fertility. So 
Um, it means that generally women have, you know, regular periods, whatever makes it hard to track and get pregnant. So my doctor told me that I had it um, and basically gave me two options. One was take this medication and she explained that it was actually pretty harsh. Um, and at this time I was 20 when I went in. So okay. she, um, she just kind of said, you're young, you know, we don't really know why you have this. Uh, she asked me actually if I did sports throughout my life. And I said, yes. And her explanation was, oh, they think that maybe, um, athletes can develop this unhealthy mm. disorder. So yeah. in you the don't, don't want to work out. Right. No way. Bad for you. Right. So, yeah. uh, she didn't really have an explanation so that they don't know why women have this, but it's common. So okay. one in 10 women at this point in time have PCOS. Okay. So super common, but super odd. Um, she says it also at that time, she says they find that more, uh, it accompanies obesity and I didn't have obesity. So she didn't really give me an answer. So she said my option was take medication that can be pretty harsh or, um, that was kind of it or deal with it. Um, and that I was going to have a very hard time, uh, having a child. Yes. And so that I, took place. I love when people tell you mm -hmm. the things. Yeah. Like, Michaela, you, you're, you're not, this podcast isn't going to go well. Right. Yeah. You're You're just going to have a terrible time. Right. It's going to be bad for you. Right. Like, like people that can say that with a straight face. Oh, I know. And get paid to say that. Yeah. That is sick. It is. And they, what's so funny is she told me that, but she also didn't know why I had it. So yeah. she said, I don't know why you have this, but this is what's going to happen. And this is really your only option. Or you can just be patient and see how it goes. Yeah. Is kind of what her explanation was. Well, at least they knew a little bit about you because I was at the doctor's <laughs> office not too long ago. And he came in and he was like, he's like, yeah, so I I saw this and the, the whatever the person before the doctor comes in, what are they called? Like the assistant. Yeah. Like, yeah the assistant. assistant was saying this and they did this test on you and. So it looks like it's, you know, things are looking all right. I go, what, what test? Yeah. Well, the test, she, she didn't do a test on me. <laughs> He's just bullshitting me. <laughs> like, yeah, everything looks good. <laughs> like, dude, nothing happened. I've been sitting here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So at yeah. least they actually knew a little bit about you. A little bit. A little bit. She did do, she did take a look at my ovaries. She did confirm that I did have some cysts on my ovaries. So that was one of the reasons that she was able to diagnose me with that. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the other symptoms is like uh, women that have this can also struggle because hormones can be an issue. She said my hormones were completely normal. Okay. Um, in the test that they ran, which was also kind of odd why I had an issue if my hormones are also completely normal, according to them. Um, but she said facial hair can be really common because of hormonal imbalances. And she said, well, you obviously you don't have that issue and it looks like you don't have thin hair. So we really don't know, which what's funny is I actually really had hair loss. You know, I didn't have a mustache, but I had a lot of hair loss. So she, she never really asked me, right? Never asked me about what my lifestyle was. Never asked me about what I did. If I exercised, exercised, if I, you know, they're the basic questionnaires, basically, you know, do you do heroin once oh, yeah. a week or twice a week, or do you drink yeah. alcohol on a regular basis? You know, did your parent history, that type of thing, but nothing about what I actually did. So I left yeah. that feeling pretty, <laughs> pretty defeated. Um, and I called William, he was at work actually just around the corner mm -hmm. and we were anxious about my appointment, you know, we're looking for results and I told him the news crying and I just got this feeling. I knew that it was meant to be and I trust, I trust that it's God's will. And I knew that that was going to be something that was meant to be and it was going to come in God's timing and I just knew in the moment that my timing, even though I think it might be the best timing, may not be his timing and his timing's best. So that's not normal of me to do. Normally, oh. I naturally question things. I like to be in control. I like to be organized. I like to choose every single thing in my life. And for some reason, during that, I just had this sense of, I cried for a few minutes and then I just felt calm and I talked to William and we both just came to the conclusion that we were going to try. I knew medication wasn't the right option for me. And I actually found that that medication is prescribed to 
I believe it's leukemia patients. Oh. Um, and other cancer patients. So it's nice. a pretty intense <clears throat> thing to give an only option to a 20 year old to yeah. take pretty hard medication. But um, I knew that wasn't right for me. But hey, it, it could have fixed it. It could, right? It, it had the ability to maybe mm-hmm. do something yeah. for whatever you had going on. Totally. And we don't know why you had it. No, but this could work. It could. It absolutely could for a 20 year old. Wow. Yeah. So um, that happened, and fast forward a little bit, I that pushed me a little bit further into really wanting to balance my diet out more. Um, I did just a little bit of research, small hair of research, and found that some of my symptoms could be managed through diet. So I really tried to focus a little less on processed, um, like pastas and rices and things like that. I'm a pasta lover at heart. Oh, yeah. So you can, like, make your own pasta. Yeah, it's amazing. And you yeah. can actually make some decent pastas that, you know, don't have a bunch of additives and stuff in it. But I really tried to cut on that and focus on quality meats and just okay. incorporating vegetables on a regular basis. So I started doing that, um, had another appointment that I scheduled to go back in and just talk about more details. Oh, and another thing she mentioned was that IVF could be an option for me. So in vitro fertilization, you know, can cost you know, anywhere from 20 to 60, $70,000. That was another nice. option that I could go through, a, you know, science experiment and it may or may not work, but that's another yeah. option to me is to pay them extra money. So yeah, they could probably sign you up same day. Yeah. We'll refer you to a friend. hundred percent. Right? Homie Clark, he works at yeah. the, you know, the facility that facility does office, this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have a referral actually waiting for you. Yeah. And Clark will call you. Yeah, and call me. And I didn't even have to. Um, they did a very basic blood panel of, of work on me. Mm. And I didn't even have to go in to get be prescribed the medication either. So that was kind of funny that I could I could just, she just told me I could just call in if I ended up talking to my husband and deciding that that was right for me and they would have prescribed that to me. So uh, that, that kind of set some red flags to me um, that I had never really had. I always just, you know, the doctors were the authority and... Um, I go in there and yeah, and I trust their, their education and everything like that and just go with whatever they tell me. Um, but something in my brain was telling me that I have my own brain Mm. and I can use it. So anyways, started making some changes, uh, to my diet and then I went back in for my appointment and (laughs) in between that time period, actually, I took a pregnancy test, found out I was pregnant. This is less than a month after I was diagnosed with PCOS, okay? So I only made some dietary changes just for a few weeks. And I can tell you, I didn't feel a ton better, but I felt less sluggish. So I knew it was making a difference, but I didn't really understand why or how. Did you tell yourself that you were capable of being pregnant? Yes, 100%. Like, did you reaffirm that all the time? Yeah. It wasn't really, it wasn't really an option. And I knew, I knew that I, I told myself that, but I also knew in my heart that if it wasn't God's plan for me to be a mom, then he must have a other plan that's going to be even cooler for me. So my entire life was always, like I said, second grade. I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I get news that maybe I can't be a mom. So I had to deal with that, which was really hard. Um, but yeah, I get my diagnosis. A few weeks later, something just doesn't really feel right. And I took a pregnancy test and I found out I was pregnant. So took actually like four, cause I really didn't believe it. Sure. You know, had my cry, super excited um, moment. Waited all day. I was working from home at this point. So I waited all day to tell William. Had to fake a lunch conversation as if I didn't know I was pregnant. And I knew it was going to be super surprising because we had just gotten that news and we're still kind of dealing with the news. And I remember actually telling Emma about it and her being like, oh my gosh, like she felt so bad and we cried together about it and and things like that and found out I was pregnant. So I give the OBGYN office a call to schedule an appointment with the same doctor that diagnosed me. Yes. And I go in. And my, I had an appointment. They could only get me in three weeks later. So I had to wait three weeks to have an appointment after I knew I was pregnant, went in, had an ultrasound, and I was through my first trimester. So fun fact, they did an ultrasound on me 
when I went in to see what my issues were and I was actually pregnant. So when I was diagnosed with PCOS, I was actually pregnant with my son, Cole. So could they have <laughs> told, like, could they have known yes, that? Yes, they, they absolutely could have. So they did an ultrasound, missed it, saw cysts on my ovaries, but missed it. Maybe that was Cole. Ran blood work, <laughs> said my hormone levels were normal. Okay. Mm. Um, but I was actually pregnant. So mind you, I would have been really early on during this appointment. Sure. However, I was pregnant. Didn't do a pee test on me. So that was another fun thing. Um, and so, yeah, I was actually pregnant. And I went in and my doctor kind of played a little little dumb. Mm. And I obviously she saw the ultrasound of Colt in there, he was moving like crazy. And they told us, you know, just, I had tried it. Yeah, I had, I had tracked it and I said, oh, I, you know, I'm probably only, you know, a couple weeks pregnant. I didn't realize I was obviously pregnant that long. So yeah. we had expected him to be the size of, I think a blueberry. I downloaded the app and William and I, you know, were talking about what size. Nice. I always said he, because I just felt like it was gonna boy Aww. be a boy. And we really wanted a boy, but um, size of a blueberry. Well, we get into the ultrasound and he was way bigger than a blueberry. And William actually said that he goes, that's bigger than a blueberry. And we just started laughing and the ultrasound tech started laughing. And she said, yeah, you're 12 weeks, which is through my whole first trimester. So I was three months pregnant. Didn't yeah. he, you know, I knew it at that point, but anyways, went in and told my doctor and she said, Oh, was this out without meds? was this without meds? Which was kind of odd that she asked me that because I would have had to go through her to order them and I never did, which makes you wonder how much things are being focused on. But I yeah, said, they, no. They, they typically don't remember those like key small, details. Small little, yeah, little things, you know? Yeah. And basically she said, oh, you, you didn't take the cancer meds? And I said, <laughs> I said, did, no. Did she say cancer meds? No, but that's what my heart was telling me in the moment. You know, I had some, I had some, some sarcasm going into that appointment. Um, and I said, no, all, all natural. And she just gave me a high five and said, that's awesome. As if, you know, she didn't tell me any of the things at all about before, about how it was going to be hard for me to get pregnant and all these things. But um, yeah, so I went through that, kind of made my red flag alarm go up on maybe I need to think a little bit differently about things. Yeah. And that's what really kickstarted me into just making life changes. Um, everybody that knows me in high school, actually, my first job was McDonald's. So I was the McNugget girl, love the nuggets, chicken nuggets. I actually have a pair of Nikes that say McNug on the back. Get out of here. Like with Sharpie? No, custom. How? I custom ordered Nike shoes. One, the left one says Mick and the second one on the back says Nug. Where'd you get that done? Nike.com, dude. You can customize. No way. Dead serious. You could put high fill media on the back of your everything. What? Yeah, you could put Nick High Fill on the back of your shoes. Any or shoe. right on right on right on Nike's website. Yeah. Most shoes. I don't know about all of them, but I do know that when I looked, it was pretty much the majority of their styles. You could pick any color, anything. Yeah. Hmm. Literally spent I don't know, 150 bucks maybe on them. Okay. Customize those bad boys to say McNug. So that was my thing. McNug. McNug. That was me. So people okay. would literally call me McNug. So I was like the nugget queen. Okay. You ate some nugs. I love the nugs, ranch, you name it. So okay. that was kind of my thing. Sweet and sour. Just I just have to know. I can't. William's a sweet and sour guy. I can't okay. do sweet and sour. It's too sweet. I'm not a sweets gal. Naturally not a sweets gal. Never have been. I don't know. I saw you eating a little like bite of something sweet chocolate dark chocolate that's new that came after i had coal i dig dark chocolate 100 percent. okay no question love the dark chocolate but yeah i was kind of known to be that fast food girl and everybody knew that i hated working out so <laughs> i was somebody that ig this is super ignorant now thinking about it but um i used to say that i would rather eat nothing than work out Okay, that's coming from somebody who's the McNug gal who loved the food. That's how much in my head I hated working out, right? I love, I just, I gotta pause. <laughs> I love this because you're the one that's like <laughs> saying that. And Emma's at the time when we started working out, she was the one that's like, I work out so I can eat what I want. Right. Yeah. And honestly, that's a better, 
it's still equally not good. Both don't make sense. Both don't make sense, honestly. But I definitely feel like Emma has the leg up there um, because what I was eating also wasn't good. I mean, I was McNug, so. Yeah, but she was like, she would I, worked out, I worked out today so I can have three slices of birthday cake <laughs> at Rodrigo's birthday party. Yes. It's like three, uh, yeah. three slices? Yeah, that's a, that's a good amount of slices. Yeah, but she slices. worked out that morning. She did, you know, and more power to her. Yeah, so but you weren't she, working out. I was not working out. And the extent of my working out is softball. And if you don't know a whole lot about softball in high school, not a lot of running. I can tell mm. you that. Not a lot of running unless somebody got in trouble. Okay. Um, and even then, probably didn't run. Maybe did a little slight joggy jog. Yeah. I'm also slow. So whenever I got on base, hit the ball, got on base, coach would sub McNug out and mm. put in someone quick nug. So I was slow. slow they called me wheels is a sarcasm joke. Super okay. slow. Rusty wheels. Very bad. Lugging bad. Like not a good look. I even look terrible running. It's not good. So that was kind of my persona. Everybody knew that of me in high school. So things flip, take a turn, get told I can't have a kid. I'm pregnant now, making some changes. So yeah. I start making changes to my diet. And I just started doing a ton of research on everything from fertility to basically, you know, improving pregnancy outcomes, you know, what's good for me to eat while I'm pregnant, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you have a basic knowledge when you get out of high school, fruit, veggie, good. Um, but we also have the food pyramid, right, that tells you to eat a ton of grains, ton of pasta. It's the biggest, biggest chunk on the bottom, right? Like... You're going to, you you get done from your health class in high school and you go to Olive Garden and you have chicken Alfredo, but you have a little three pieces of broccoli on the side and probably eight servings worth of pasta with yeah. a bunch of bad oils in the sauce and cheese. And you eat that up and you're like, you know what? Had my grain, yes. right? Abide by the food pyramid, right? You had your grain. Maybe you mm. forgot the fruit, but you know you're supposed to have lots of grains, right? So you have yeah. that basic knowledge that you think you have and you think that you know that that's what's right. Multivitamins can take care of the fruit and veggie. Right, yeah, just yeah. pop the vitamins. Don't have Chewies. to eat the real food. Yeah. Don't have to, yeah, the chewy ones that have, you know, 17 grams of added sugar, might as well eat a Snickers bar, but you know what? There's vitamin C in that bad boy. You do get vitamin C. 100%. And so, yeah, my... My thought process changed around that. Um, started doing a bunch of research. Uh, made a quicker change in my diet just, you know, once I knew I was pregnant. And I always thought that that was funny looking back that women get pregnant and then they start eating healthy, right? Yeah. Like, I need to eat good now. I'm pregnant, right? I'm, so, I'm supporting a child. That's what I have to do. And in reality, w I say women should always eat like they're pregnant right? Like if that's your mindset, we should be doing that anyways, right? We should be supporting our bodies beforehand, but we don't, we don't generally, the, at least the public school system, I can say, I only went public school, doesn't, doesn't focus on preventative. They just push what the government tells them to push. And we leave thinking fruit, veggies, good. And, and actually now they're being told that uh, children are being told that, you know, meats can be bad for them. So um, proteins and things like that, they need to go plant-based, which is a whole nother thing. But yeah. anyways, had a very limited knowledge, started doing a bunch of research and found found something there. Um, I originally, when I graduated high school, actually wanted to be a counselor. So I went to Multnomah University online and did two years and I was actually found out I was pregnant. So I stopped. I have a year left to, if I wanted to finish and get my bachelor's in psychology, wow. um, always had a fascination with how the body worked and the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and I took a detour and really was focusing on how the body works when it comes to food and lifestyle. So did that had my son, which made me even more, uh, health conscious and yeah. you know you have your you have a kid and everyone says that things change and you just know that something has changed and you don't really know what it is but it's just something and I knew that he was kind of like my catalyst to really change um I had like I said I made a bunch of changes when I was pregnant 
Uh, but in my heart, it was still kind of like, cause I need to do it. It kind of felt like I just knew I should. So I was yeah. doing it. It wasn't like in my heart, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I had him and the research took over. I had three months off with him. I took the full maternity leave, you know, from, from my job and did the whole yes. thing. And it was just constant researching on food and, and things like that. And of course, just love being a mom. It's everything that I imagined and more. And yeah, I just went back to work. Um, kind of felt like I was doing something that didn't feel right. You know, um, thankfully we have family in the area, my mom and my, you know, my dad, I could drop Colt off and go back to work and, and things like that. And the job I had, the corporate office is actually pretty laxy daisy on if I had him with me part the day. So I actually had a pretty, what people would say, cush gig going on working from home and I can still have my kid. And, um, I had a lot of meetings throughout the day, so I actually couldn't have him with me. Yeah. Um, and so just didn't feel right. Made me kind of sick to my stomach every day. Uh, thought that that would kind of go away after a little bit, you know, cause you're with your kid all the time. And then you go from that to going back to work. Right. And you always hear it's normal. Every, everyone goes back to work. Oh, yeah. You're like, that's normal. Like if you don't, you're lazy. And a lot of moms yeah. are told this. Um, and it totally just to me went against everything that I ever felt. Um, yeah. and, and send your kid to daycare, <clears throat> spend 2k a month. Yeah. But your job's only bringing in 2K a yeah, month. exactly. But it's fine. You're still working. Right, right. And put your kids in, <laughs> uh, you know, other people's hands. Who knows what they're learning? And, and who knows, Yeah. who knows, you know, what Cheeto hand kid is picking your kid's nose. You yeah. never know. They're like, worried about quality control at McDonald's. Yeah. That they, they want to make sure the janitor's not touching the burgers, right? 100%. But, but sometimes people aren't worried about their own kids. Yeah. Exactly. And so just didn't feel right. Uh, push and push actually ended up working a full year, um, back, back in the work grind. And this is, uh, we made a move to Montana in the meantime, and I ended up working for about two months after we moved to Montana after, after the big transition for us and just kind of felt right. And, you know, I had have a, had a lot of people in my life that always, you know, whenever I described what I did, they were like, that's so awesome, right? You get to sit at home and that's so cool. And you get to see Colt a little more than you normally would. And like made me feel like I should just be satisfied, you know, just be satisfied. Cause a lot of people don't have that. And that's true. And so that's kind of what kept me was going like, you know, a lot of people aren't able to work from home and see their kids in the morning and, and evening. And so I kind of compared myself to the nine to five groove that we're used to. And, uh, that's kind of what kept, kept me in, in that kind of grind forcefully. I kind of did that to myself and just like I said, didn't feel right. And, um, you know, put in my month notice and now I am a health coach. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So tell me health coach. Yeah. What can you do? Okay, so a health coach is a pretty um, new field. And by new, I mean uh, maybe 10 years, but it really has taken a toll within the past five. Okay. Um, they are starting to see uh, doctors leaving their jobs. Um, they're expecting to see a major decrease in people wanting to be doctors. Um, and especially during the, uh, you know, virus time um a lot of people questioned things that were going on and a lot of doctors were either fired or you know felt like they needed to resign um and so it just kind of made people question things in-house a little bit more on what they could do to improve their health and for some people it was just a wake-up call that they wanted to be healthier in general right they didn't want to get sick so people are making changes and so a health coach really is somebody that can help guide what's already there so I, I am a firm believer in everybody really knows what they need. Deep down, everybody knows what they need to do. It's the how. We've always known, you've always known you have wanted to be successful. I've always known that I wanted to be a mom. It's the how you want to do it, right? How you want to get there. Um, and the health and wellness field is very broad and you hear lots of things um, coming at you. And we're not, like I said, very knowledgeable outside of high school. Many of us don't know anything past fruit, veggies, and pasta and meat. 
And um, that's kind of what took the cake for me. And so as a health coach, I, I focus primarily on helping others enhance and create simple ways to enhance their lives. So there is a lot of women, especially that live with a lot of symptoms like bloating, um, hair loss, uh, you know, issues that I had had that I went in and I, I actually, my whole life, it was like, Oh, your aunt has that. Like, that's so normal, right? Like that bloating is so normal. Like my mom, she, she always is, was bloated. Like we always would joke. She'd have pasta, right. And she'd be super bloated. And like, we'd laugh at it. It's totally normal. And unfortunately I didn't know the difference between common and normal. So what's mm. common health wise in our society doesn't mean it's normal, right? So just because everybody bloats or we think, you know, half of our family is has bloating, right? That's that's normal to us. It's actually not normal, it's just common. So we're always, we have all these symptoms, right? Our whole lives that we are just like, that's so normal. Like, yeah, my aunt's got it, my dad's got it, my friend's got it, and my, my grandma told me that's normal. And you just live your life and you, And sometimes people don't ever realize that they weren't supposed to feel like that. Mm. And so we have a lot of women that are going in and being told that, you know, they have something kind of like my story. And that's kind of what I think flipped the switch for me Um, because I had a lot of friends that have very similar issues. I have a lot of friends, um, girls that, you know, you were told you were supposed to be the most healthy, you know, when you're 18 and high school and developing and things like that. And we have high school girls that have very irregular periods and they're told it's normal. We have girls that are eating, you know, diets that they're told that, you know, you always hear, oh, they're a kid, they're fine. They can take whatever. They can eat the cupcakes and not have any issue, right? Like that's a society that we're we're raised in. So as a health coach, so much of it is the mindset around what we're doing and why we're doing it and our mindset around food and what that looks like. And some people have, you know, a childhood where they're raised around people who are constantly dieting, right? And like you have the mom or the dad that's constantly dieting, constantly trying to lose weight, or, um, you know, you have a family member or something that either has, maybe has an eating disorder, or um, you're raised around where it's like, this food's bad, this food's good, and that's the end of the story, right? You, You have a lot of issues around what, how we think of food. And a lot of what I do is kind of mellow the playing field and, um, getting my clients to understand what's common is not normal. That's good. That is so good, Michaela. Thanks. And it's just, it's figuring out that you can empower other people to really feel better because in our society we kind of leave it up to the doctors i think uh, a lot of times i notice like as a kid you go to the doctor right where do you, why do you go to the doctor for them to fix you right mm-hmm. you go to the doctor and you should be fixed mm-hmm. so so many people are going to the doctor like i did to figure out what my issue was and i left like what do i do like they didn't fix me they nothing yeah. happened they told me i could take medication or I could not and just see how it goes. They never asked me what my diet is, what I could do to adjust my diet. They can, they didn't have any clue why I even had what I had. Um, and a lot of it was diet induced. Um, and it put my body into a state of shock and it put my body into a state of fight or flight mode, which none of which I knew, of course, because uh-huh. I was just young and in high school and every kid in high school eats a 20 piece nugget. And it's normal, right? It's normal, right? It's normal. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. And so that's really the mindset that I want to shift because we don't think we have control and we totally have control of our health. And the more that I educate myself, the more that I got and dwell in studying nutrition and the way your body functions and the way it works and the way it was literally created to heal. Like the simple fact that you can get a paper cut and a day later your fingers mended. We know that that's possible, but we go to the doctor to fix something and we don't think that our body can fix that. Why? Right. That's because if it's a little outside of our realm, we don't think we have control. So I think so much of it is just around education and educating others and empowering them that they can absolutely make small changes over the course of time and sustain the lifestyle. And so 
we see a lot of diets and we see a lot of fads and trends that don't work, whether it's the juice fast and all these things, which a lot of those, you know, have some good to it, but we see that, uh, like long-term calorie counting, right? Mm -hmm. And the short-term can be great, right? It depends on what your goals are. And for some people, maybe if they're preparing for a surgery or trying to make gains in one way or another, it can be a great tool. Mm -hmm. um, but we found study after study after study, we always hear eat less, work out more, right? Yeah. Here all the time, 24 seven. In basic theory, okay, to lose weight, 100% facts, right? Yeah. Here's a problem. People, we're finding that people that have that mindset and go from zero to, okay, I need to work out more and I need to eat less, right? Mm -hmm. That's my biggest issue is the eating less. Cause it's, to me, it's more about what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're eating good stuff, you're going to be more full. So you're going to be yeah. more full eating something nutritious than you would be eating a large Big Mac meal with a fry. And to me, I'd rather you eat more good mm -hmm. than a little bit of really bad. Mm -hmm. So we, are raised in that mentality. Um, and I think that that's something that has just created a long lasting cycle of in, in the diet, out of the diet, in the diet, out of the diet. We've seen how many family members do you have that have dieted 50 million times, have lost the weight, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I did low calorie work for me, man. Lost a bunch of pounds. Absolutely great. More power to you, but you're not doing it now, are you? You're not doing it. And so they've actually found that intentional calorie counting in the long run leads to weight gain. And that's simply because it's not sustainable. So short term, like I said, absolutely can be beneficial. But if you have somebody who really deep down thinks that their entire life, and I'm not saying that some people can't do it. That's not yeah. the issue. It's just the majority of people cannot withstand that in their daily lives. And I am a big fan of not overcomplicating health because I think when you understand that your body is different than everybody else's and you understand the factors, you understand your past, you understand your mindset, you understand what you're used to, what you're afraid of, mm -hmm. um, that you can make small changes for yourself to withstand long-term improvement Yes. without completely stopping and then feeling like a failure. Cause we've all done that. We've all tried mm -hmm. things. I know through high school, we were going on a cruise after I graduated and I was like, I'm doing low carb. I knew it worked, right? Like tons of people in my family did low carb. I did it and guess what? Totally worked, right? Like lost some weight, awesome. I actually did an elliptical for an hour every day, which was crazy for me. People thought I was nuts cause they knew I was a workout hater. But anyway, so I did that too worked great. I felt awesome. Um, but guess what? I don't do it now. So, yeah. so it's, it's figuring that line out and what's sustainable for everybody and what's sustainable for one person isn't for the other. That doesn't mean that there isn't grit involved because there absolutely is. You have to make the decision every single day to do better and to live better. But I think that we live in an all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. And if we were to make small impactful changes that do take grit, that do take determination, um, that we can find absolute transformations in mm -hmm. people's health. And, and I say that because I've had two different clients for two weeks, we'll meet and they will make the smallest of small changes. And they tell me, okay, but like, what else, what else do I need to do this week? What else are my, what else what other goals should big. I have? Right. And, and so I say, let's do this and, and you're going to kill it at this, this week, these two things that you think this isn't enough, come back and let's talk in two weeks and see how you're feeling. And both times, um, one specific example is, um, I have a client that has general, just anxiety, has a hard time with appetite, never really is hungry in the morning. Um, wants to, you know, have a more well-rounded diet. Um, and she's talking about how, you know, she has a certain hormonal thing she thinks she has issues with. And I make a few simple suggestions and she comes back and she's like, I'm hungry. And I had breakfast. Like sometimes it's like eat breakfast. And what's so crazy is 
as, as a health coach, people are like, everybody knows to eat breakfast. Like, I don't need, I don't need you to tell me that I need to eat breakfast because everyone knows they should eat breakfast, right? But do they? And so there's this, some small changes and they're like, okay, Michaela, I'm back. And here are three things that have already completely changed in me. And so I think that simplifying things and understanding that you're doing it, not because you feel like you have to, but because that's what's going to make you feel right. Mm-hmm. And every single day you vote with what you put in your mouth. So that's yes. like one of my favorite things ever. Like you vote with every bite you take. That's so good. You I haven't vote. heard it put like that. Yeah. Like you vote with every single bite of food that you put in your mouth. So you can vote to support your cells. You can vote to enhance your digestion. You can vote to enhance your cognitive function or you can do the opposite. So, and and that's never meant to be a fear tactic. And you know, you can't go to, you can't ever eat McDonald's or you can't ever have ice cream. You can't ever do that. It's meant to actually be to me. I know when I heard that, like that was empowering because every single time I was eating something that I knew was good for me, it was like, you're dang right. This is good for me. Like this is supporting my body. This is what my body needs. And just having the more positive mindset around it rather than super restrictive, you know, fail or no fail. Um, over a long period of time, especially for women that have dealt with kind of the in and out of the doctor's office and Mm -hmm. not really seeing a whole lot of change. Um, and you know, I'm not a medical doctor and that's in no way what I want to do. Um, what I want to do is empower women to actually have enough confidence in themselves and, and learn enough and trust in their body that it's going to do what it needs to do. Right. So sometimes some of the symptoms that we have are a sign that our body's like, Hey, red alert, red alert, red alert. And how many of us go through our entire lives and never know how to fix that? Oh, a ton of us. So that's, that's really, uh, what I'm passionate about is simplifying things. And yeah, that's, that's the goal. I, I hope everybody listening can tell that you're passionate about this Thanks, because I am. the energy of the flow, we were, <laughs> we were having a conversation and then Michaela was talking to me Yeah. <laughs> about as soon as nutrition hit. Yes. Right? Yes. And you're, you speak very highly on all this. Thanks. And I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of value from listening to all that. Thanks. Now, if somebody's kind of maybe some of the things you said hit home with them. Yeah. Like, oh, I I might have that issue. Or Mm -hmm. I have been to the doctor's office, and I did think they're full of crap. They might be like on the Michaela train, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can go um, on Instagram is going to be my best form of communication. Um, McNourish is where you can find me. For Um, people who cannot spell that, like myself, Yeah. spell it out. M-C-K-N-O-U. R-I-S-H, Mick Nourish, all one, no underscores, simple. On Instagram, you can DM me. Um, I do offer free uh, 30-minute consultation, just kind of chat about goals and see if we're the right fit Um, because I'm not somebody that will – I'm not going to take on something that I feel like I can't do my best in. So I definitely want to – um, help those in what I'm the most educated on. So I love to chat about your goals for a bit. And we kind of go over what symptoms and things that you're having and just what you want to work on. And we can see if maybe signing up for a program is right. Um, or if not, and it's sometimes I, I love doing them because one, I get, I've gotten to know so many different people. Um, and I just, I just love chatting to people about their health goals because, everyone has a different story. And like mine, mine came from, you know, getting a bad news and that's a lot of people's story. So I, I love doing that. So I do offer those and yeah, you can always DM me, um, and find me on Instagram. Have you ever thought about writing a book? You know, I love writing always have. I've always, people have said that, uh, I've always toyed with the idea. Um, I know I'll, I'll be blogging it up a bit, okay. but, um, I've, it's always lingered. It's always okay. lingered in the back of my mind. I can't lie. Okay. Yeah. What about public speaking? You know, I don't know. I like in school never had a problem cause I smaller school, right? So like everyone kind of knew me. Okay. 
Um, but there are some times where I public sp- spoke publicly and was a little little anxious gal. Little but uh, yeah, and I felt like it wasn't horrible, but definitely wouldn't be my first choice as public speaking. You know, more happen- of an intimate conversation. You know what happens with uh, repetition, right? What? You get better at it. I know. I know, I know, I, I know. I could see a future in this. Thanks. Mick? Thanks. I could see a book, maybe. All right. I you, can, too. I you're can talking a book. to some woman? Yeah. Some women? Woman, women. Woman would be one. Women. 